What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we've got a full house, full studio today. Joey and Hayden are both Joey, with us. you're on the pod today? It's a bit of, well, yeah, because <laughs> it's a bit of breaking news. Uh, just now, just recently, um, the Mookie Betts trade went through. So the full details. But just can, officially went through? Yes, yeah, so it just officially oh. went through. Like, well, but we've known. Well, but it was in limbo. Yeah. Because the Twins pulled out. Uh, they didn't want to be a part of it. And so then it was just going to be Red Sox-Dodgers. But now, reports are that the Twins came back in and sent Maeda. Or they're getting Maeda, and they sent their big... Gra- gra- yeah, gra- I don't know a lot of these names. I don't. I'm not. I don't really uh, concern myself with AAA. Brewstar Grotterall. Yeah, wait. Brewstar let's, let's see if I can. See if I can find the. Uh, wait. Oh no, I don't need that page. Full Mookie Betts details. But Joey, oh here, let's give him, give him a little room on the mic. Initially, thoughts on giving up Mookie Betts. Um, you know, you know, it's kind of tough. Um. Uh, I kind of know known that this deal was coming, cause cause the the ownership wanted to get under the luxury tax, and the only way to do that was to get rid of Mookie Betts and others, cause we weren't gonna be able to pay all of them and stay under the luxury tax. So I kind of knew it was co- it was coming. It was just a matter of when and where. But I have seen some reports where there's the possibility that Mookie Betts re-signs in 2021, I want to say, with the Red Sox. Oh. So, Interesting. Is this your ideal world? <laughs> that would be something. My, my ideal world. <laughs> that would be something. Because, uh, because oh. <clears throat> the, reason why, the reason why I say it's possible is, like, they get under the luxury tax the Red Sox do this year, and so they reset all their penalties, and then they can just throw all the money at Mookie Betts, and then he's back. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The last time the Red Sox made a deal to save some money, they went on an 86-year drought without a World Series. We'll take you all the way back to Babe Ruth when they they traded Babe Ruth for basically cash to, I think, fund their opera house. Yes. Uh, they, because, they the owner, because the owner of the Red Sox also was the owner of the opera house. Um, and so he sent away a legendary talent for that money. So I heard they're actually starting a new opera house with the... With the money they're saving. Well, no, they're actually sending cash to the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers are starting an opera house. Yeah. So they get, so the Dodgers learn from their mistakes and are not only getting an opera house, but also getting a top tier talent. That's fine. Um, That's, that's a, that's a win-win. So yeah, I mean, for the Red Sox, you know, this, this isn't going to be a a world series winning year. Obviously a lot has happened, so they're not really going to be in contention or anything crazy like that to, uh, be winning the World Series, especially now that they've traded oh, no. away basically a, a top-tier talent type of guy. Oh, can you turn the AC off? We're just going to leave it. I forgot to turn the AC off, so we don't want it going while we're recording. But Yeah, it's getting cold full, in here, John. Full episode today. Um, we're going to talk. I mean, we talked a little baseball. That's all the baseball we're going to talk about um, for this episode. We're also going to talk a little XFL. That's what we'll start with. And then we're going to go into trade deadline grading every trade, talking about it, seeing who got better, who got worse, that sort of thing. So first off, it is the opening weekend of the XFL. Very exciting. Um, big Dragons fan here. I, I am a tentative Renegades fan. As a Dallas sports fan, I felt like that's where I needed a lot. John's been trying to uh, give me some 
some info on the Dragons. Swing me over. But I got to watch how this week goes. Not, Actually, not to see who's I'm, good. I just want to see who's fun to watch. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I didn't do anything to swing you. If, if anything, I turned you more towards the Renegades. Because you were saying like, they're they're uh, the Dragons are a rebuilding team. They're not expected to make a lot of noise. They've got how a are you rebuilding nice when you're building? <laughs> it's like well, I don't know what do you what are you supposed to call it? Like I don't really know what the correct terminology developing? is. Developing? I don't know. Sure, but everyone's developing, so it's like I don't know what you, I'm. I think Dallas is losing right now. Rebuilding is the best. I'm actually term, watching actively, but it's, but it's seven to three. Like they're it's six, six to three. My bad. Did so they miss a extra point try? Basically, well, yeah, because it's you have to go for it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, new rules in the XFL. Oh my goodness, that make it a wild. little more exciting. Um, so extra points, you can go for it from the two yard line for one, five yard line for two, and ten yard line for three. I love that. I've, I, that's how I think intramural should work. I think there should be a three pointer, John. What? Like intramural football here, flag football? There is. There's a three? Yeah, from There's the one, 20. two, three? Yeah. Oh, nobody ever goes for it. I always tell my team to go well, for we it. Well, we don't. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Uh, and then kickoff rules are especially different. They so, encourage kickoffs. They're so trying to teams, co- make more action. So so basically how it works is the receiving team lines up on, I believe, the 25-yard line, and the return team lines up, or the kickoff team lines up on the 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. The kicker is by himself back at the 35. Just chilling. And the ball has to go to at least the 20-yard line. If it doesn't go to at least the 20-yard line, then the re- return team gets the ball on the 40? kickoff team's 45 yeah, yard line 45 and once the everyone on the kickoff team can move once the returner has received the ball can't do it before so basically there's a lot of just waiting until it catches and then you go so it's it's re- technically safer too because well yes it's running, reportedly yeah. supposed to like reduce injuries by like five times there was a study that went out for that and obviously like 90 percent of kickoffs in the nfl are touchbacks, touchbacks. but now um, they they really have done a good job of eliminating the touchback rule because if you kick it far enough with enough hang time, you can pin them you know at the fifteen twenty like some teams have, but there's also potential for big return. They've also added the two forward passes. So yeah. if you make is a it forward, two or just one? I think it's just well, one. One and then one. Yeah, yeah. If you make a forward pass and um, your pass catcher it does not reach the line of scrimmage, then they can throw the ball for a second time. So theoretically, it's just like a forward pitch, I guess, that's allowed. We we saw that yesterday in the Dragons and Defenders game where Cardell Jones gave a shovel pass to his running back. Running back gave it to, pitched it behind him to the wide receiver. The wide receiver pitched it back to Cardell Jones, threw it to the tight end for a touchdown. So it's, it's just a fun little wrinkle. Like there's more, there's more potential for big plays, for trick plays and that sort of thing. Um, and there's also no targeting penalty. So there were a couple big hits that probably would have been fined if we were in the NFL. But because we are not, uh, we got to watch some of those. Overall, I think... And Antonio the, Callaway plays for Tampa Bay? The other oh thing goodness. is they're trying to um, speed up the game. So there's mm-hmm. 10 minute half times. Uh, the, the play clock's a, 25 seconds. There's a ref who his only purpose is to spot the ball. So he's got a pouch with a ball in the pouch. And so when the play stops... He's running on the field. We'll set the, we'll place the ball, and also under two minute warnings, um, inside two minutes of each half, it's stop clock until the ball is placed, no matter what. So if there's a sack, the ball, the cl- play clock is stopped until, um, until they they are able to set the ball for that which, action. Which basically, you know, it, it helps a little bit. It keeps drives it keeps alive. Drives alive. It doesn't end, um, end plays like that. 
So overall, I think it's good. There's a lot of... And they have like some technology updates, right? There's a guy in the sky. Oh, they have... The they, they sky mic'd, ref, right? They mic'd up the refs, and they do have a guy that's like... It's, it's very similar to what the AAF did, but they basically have the refs mic'd up so you can hear their conferences. Um, and then also, there's a guy up if they challenge a play that they basically... You can hear them communicating. And there was a tweet I saw that uh, like basically the guy is running a replay machine on an Xbox, which is kind of funny. Because it looks like he has some sort of game controller that he's, like, reviewing the tape on. Um, and the other thing is um, Pat McAfee is, like, their main guy. Well, for Fox. For Fox. Because Fox and ESPN yeah. both so, have contracts. And doesn't with... he have, like, almost unlimited access? So I saw him and Troy Aikman almost got here's run the over. Thing, here's the thing that <laughs> I, find that video. I don't like initially about it is that they do have – so they have sideline reporters on both sides, and they basically want to get interviews right away. And – where that may come into a question or maybe like there may be room for concern was for example in the dragons and defenders game uh one of the linemen dropped an f-bomb after yeah he how got can called you for a holding that? penalty well i mean obviously like if you have a 10 second buffer like yeah you, you just could, have a you could fix yeah you could have you could fix something like that but i don't like it like let's say you're the kicker like this happened in that in that same game you're the kicker you miss a kick and, immediately. and the reporter's in your face. So what happened there? Like, I know you missed the kick, but wh- what did, you know, what, like, what are you supposed to say? Like, oh, I, I missed, missed it. Like, what do you, like, you know, it sucks, but what are you going to do? Um, overall, from, uh, I saw, though, they've made more money in this weekend in ticket sales than the AAF did their entire six-game stretch. Why do you think that is? Why do you think this is so much more successful? Well, they, they're, they were an established league before. Yes. And they have big backing. Like, Vince McMahon in the WWE, like that's big money. Uh, and, Oliver, and Luck, it's they good have, that they're not using that WWE brand. They have a lot of connections to, um, like, a lot of big investors. Like, the thing that I don't think the AAF realized, like, they they thought that fans were going to be so hungry for football that they were just initially going to jump out and say, "Yes, we'll take it. Like, let's go." But the W or the the you need some you need some capital to get started with. Well, you're gonna have you're gonna lose money. The first, yeah. like the it's the same it's a basic like business concept the first five years you're probably not going to turn a profit right so they're going to be throwing away money because it takes a lot to get all of these players together and but you got to um, have some money to play with to do that exactly so yeah. which is why i think they'll they're more likely to be successful than um the aaf was because they realize that and they also have the money yep. and the capability of keeping something like that alive um, but it's also fun because you get to see guys that like you saw in college that were really good. And Cardell Jones, I really like that. Cardell Jones is actually twelve and zero in his college and pro career because he <laughs> never started a game in the NFL, but he went eleven and zero as a starter at Ohio State and won last week. So he's he's still undefeated. In is his... it Landry Jones also? Yes, he's in it, but I guess there's some injury concerns, so he may not be playing um, this weekend. I saw, like I said, Antonio Callaway. He used to be at the Browns as mm-hmm. a receiver. He's quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas Renegades have Darren Smith, running back that used to be with the Vikings. He was he was like a let's see he was a six round pick to the Bengals in 2015. Um, I remember him. I remember he was like a fantasy handcuff that I was looking at. That's the only reason I remember. I, but Coney Ely, geez, Coney geez. Ely, defensive end, used to be with Dallas. Do you remember mm-hmm. him? Yeah, that he's, he's in Houston. Um, Donald Donald Pumphrey, the guy that broke the rushing record at um, at San Diego State. So he hold he currently holds the NCAA rushing record. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the DC Defenders. But yeah, overall. Oh, and we can't forget Connor Cook. <laughs> Connor I mean, Cook. Kinda. He uh, he wasn't he didn't really pan out as a fourth round pick to the Raiders. I think it was mm-hmm. 2017, 2016. 
I don't know, a couple of years ago. But he was he was good at Michigan State. Um, oh, here. Oh, I found him. Um, oh, that doesn't have, he doesn't have any stats in yet. But his brief NFL career, he completed 14 of 21 passes with one touchdown and one pick. We'll see. We'll see how some of these – which do you think is the bigger story here, John? Is it going to be guys that are too old for the league? Is it going to be guys that are young? Is it going to be guys that aren't good enough for the league? What's it going to be in the XFL? Uh, I think the the biggest thing. What's the biggest demographic of players? That the we're biggest at? demographic of players. We saw it a couple t- like in the in the two games on Saturday, and I think today I haven't I haven't been able to watch it all today because I was refing a, a elementary school basketball game. Oh yeah. But the biggest thing will be Marquette King guys from. Think on Marquette King. Guys from small schools that didn't really get a chance like because obviously now we've developed in technology and we're more able to see what guys from small schools can do like for example d2 prospect that we had on podcast last week kyle duggar but now it you know there's going to be guys from 2014 2015 like young guys are still 25 26 that went to like your northern iowa or your you know just like smaller schools georgia state like places like that they're finally going to be able to get the tape they need and you know if they show out well then, uh, then they'll, they'll they might find their way onto an NFL roster or at least a practice squad. Are there going to be more guys trying to make an NFL roster that haven't before, or guys that have made an NFL roster and couldn't cut it? I think there's going to be more guys that haven't made an NFL roster yet. I hope so. Because I think that's more fun. You think about it. If guys had a chance already, like most teams probably have seen what they need to see out of him, like whether it's been in practice going up against NFL level talent. But if you're at a smaller school like D2, FCS, something like that. We don't really know what we're getting from yeah. you because you're yeah you did well but you did well against lesser opponents. Yeah. But these ex NFL players still have to play somewhere. Exactly. I mean, so they can retire. They've but. got so this is a great chance for those unknown guys to get a lot of tape on them. Uh, so that part is exciting at least. They have Marquette King though. That makes me so excited. My one of my favorite punters of all time. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's I, too I feel bad like he's out of the league for a reason. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's his personality that got him out of the league. No, there's no way. There's no I love way. his personality. Why do you think he's out of the league? He was a good. He was. A, he was a. The year before he left the league, he was a uh, second team All Pro. I'm. I just. I'm not really sure. I feel like there's got to be like. It, why he, would it be personality? That I didn't know Seattle sense. had Kenneth Farrow. I don't know who that is. Yes, he. He's a big handcuff. He was Melvin Gordon's handcuff, like in in uh, San Diego. I just think of him in fantasy terms. Kenneth Farrow was a big handcuff in terms of fantasy terms. Um, and he he had some big games. If I'm not mistaken, let me go look at his career stats. That's a he's quick in in it says in college he had three thousand yard career at Houston. Kenneth Farrow career stats. But yeah, so um yeah once you get those we'll we'll uh, we'll move on from this because career game. There's life. not enough. There's really not enough tape to really not yet determine whether or not it's going to be successful. I think they've put together the pieces. They've got good personnel. Obviously ESPN and Fox are invested in this and are doing what they can to make it an enjoyable. Um, experience and obviously it's football in the spring which normally last week would have been the last week of football but now we're starting off on a 10 game season including playoffs um, so just a way to extend this the season so as a football fan it's fun like it's very exciting to to be able to watch this and um, we'll, we'll have to see where it goes did you yeah I found it in it was um, in 2016 when Melvin Gordon went down towards the end of the season he had two games with uh, he had a game with 16 carries, a game with 15 carries, and a game with nine carries, and he was a big pickup in 20 late 2016. <laughs> There's I'll, some fantasy background I'll on this guy. Trust you on that one. <laughs> He's um, like the equivalent of like he like it was he was behind Danny Woodhead, but people were like, oh, like Danny Woodhead's the pass catching back. Like K 
Kenneth Farrow is going to be the lead back. You know how it goes, but then it's never true. Yeah. Okay, so let's transition here. Let's talk a little um, NBA trade deadline. Okay, first off, before we get into this, well, this will actually lead us into our first trade. I'm going to do um, a blind resume with you, okay? Oh, baby. So here's two, here's two players' stat lines for, from just this season. They're, well, I know when I get a blind resume, I always choose the one that sounds worse. So, <laughs> exactly. So, 32 minutes a game, 23.6 points on 43% shooting, 3.7 rebounds, 6.2 assists. And then that was... So what was, was the points That was again? player A, 20, 23.6. So, he's 23, 4, and 6 on 32? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we've got 22.4 points. This is on 35 minutes. 44% shooting, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. Those are really close. Yeah. Um, I think the first one's a little bit better. Less yeah. efficient, but you know, so overall more rounded stats. Those two guys, so player A was D'Angelo Russell. Player B was Andrew Wiggins. So yeah. That's the first big trade. Like that's, I mean, well, not big players. That's wise. what I thought Obviously, there's a bigger, There's a bigger trade uh, coming into it, but that's the first trade we're going to talk about here. So the Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, top three protected 2021 first-round pick and 2021 second-round pick. The Timberwolves get D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman, and Jacob Evans. So, Hayden, your initial thoughts on this trade. Okay, I this trade makes sense in a variety of ways and doesn't make sense in a lot more ways. So um, right off the bat, it makes sense. Minnesota made the right moves here. Um, they wanted D'Lo in the offseason. They didn't get him. They said, all right, let's load up on some assets and let's trade him. Let's dump them, and they got D'Lo after they were after they you know they spent a lot of assets on it, but it's the guy that they wanted, it's the guy they were targeting. I think he's a good fit in Minnesota. I think he'll pair well with Cat. Um, I think his play style fits a lot better than it did, and I think the biggest issue um, I, they say there's rumors of personality issues in Golden State, but I really do actually believe that they never really had an, any intention of him fitting. I think that they did sign him to trade him. Um, I think they got a little desperate with the trade that they made, but they did get a first round pick. And so that's where this that's the wrinkle in this trade. Straight across, if it's just D'Lo and Wiggins, I'm taking D'Lo. I think he's a better player. Wiggins, I think, has had a lot of places where he needed to develop and hasn't really developed in any of them, except for he's got a great turnaround jumper. But defensively, there's a lot less to be desired. Um, he could be a better rebounder for his size. Um, and I just think that he's sp- spent a long time not developing as much as I would hope. That being said, he's obviously, over the last two years or so, been able to take his play to a, you know, a decent level. Um, whereas D'Lo is a guy that, you know, he's, he's not the most efficient player, but he's fun to watch. And, um, I think if this trade was straight across the Warriors lose, but I think they win this trade because of that first round pick they're getting, cause it's going to be a good pick. It's Minnesota's pick and I think top three protected. Yeah. So top three protected, you know, if this thing falls to number six, five, something like that. And I say falls, I don't know where Minnesota's going to be, but I'm saying if that's where it, if that's where it lands after the lottery, um, then we're looking at, you know, this is a great trade for Golden State cause they're, they load up on a couple of, I mean, they could get. For with their own pick, they could get you know, could they get the number one pick? I'm pretty sure right they, now they're they have the worst record. In the pretty league. sure they have statistically the best chance of the number one pick. So say they get the number one pick, the number five pick, you get Steph Curry and Clay Thompson back. Clay Thompson might not be the same Clay Thompson, but I think Steph's gonna be fine. Oh, I mean, I feel like they're both the way they both play. Well, the, their careers are gonna. Stretch I think. Out. I think yes. I think if anybody was gonna get an ACL injury, Clay Thompson was the best guy in the league to get it. Not because I don't like Clay Thompson. I love Clay Thompson, but I think his play style is the most well suited to adapt to overcoming that injury and rehabbing, etc. Um, so you look at this Warriors roster that it's it's this is the quickest if they can pull this off and get these picks that that I'm speaking of. This is one of the quickest rebuilds that you could possibly turn around. Um, I mean, they they turn into contenders again because there's no super team in the league right now. 
is what's crazy. Yeah. We thought that there was going to be. We thought those two LA teams were a couple of monsters, but they're not what we thought. They're great teams, don't get me wrong, but they're beatable. And I think a Warriors team rebuilt could beat any team in the league. Well, yeah, I don't think we're going to see another team like the Warriors from last year and no. the year before. Well, like that's it's fi- like from a salary cap standpoint just from the way all the dominoes fell, it was just the perfect like it was the perfect storm. Like, yeah, and that's it was why a, it was a fiscal miracle. I don't yeah, cuz they they were able to draft um, Steph and Clay and Draymond signed both of those guys to team-friendly contracts because obviously Steph was going through like some knee injuries ankle early injuries, in his career, yep. so like there there was some concern, yeah, ankle that that he wouldn't be um, able to get to where he's at. So that may be like there probably isn't going to be a team like that, which is a good thing. I I think the it's league is best. The league, yeah. the league is best when everyone's beatable. Um, but here's the favorite. We're thing. seeing I've, the rise of duos, really, in today's league. Yes, it's but very also, but it's like. You you can't. It's not just the two. Like it's it, you duos have, with you a great have bench. To have a fully filled out roster. Like that's right. where you're successful. It's like, no longer about having an insane five though. Mm-hmm. It's about having yeah. two and then depth. Yeah. Um. So the thing I've seen on Twitter a lot that's really popular going around. Do you know how old Andrew Wiggins is? Oh, he's old. Is he not? No, he's young. He's younger than everybody thinks because he's been in the league so long. But he came in the league like 19, right? So how old do you think he is? Like 26, 24. 24? He's only 24 years old. Yeah, the because he came into the league so young. Him, uh, well, yeah, but he came in as a friend. But you think about it, like, the way he's been talked about and scrutinized, like, he, he was the You'd piece. you think he was 28. He was the piece that sent, like, he got drafted by or Cleveland originally, and he was the piece that they swapped to get Kevin Love when LeBron came back. Yeah. Um, and so, like, he's been in trade rumors basically every year since he's come into the league. Because he hasn't developed in the way that people thought. But also, But like, he's also been decent. You also really can't blame him because he has, like, Andrew Wiggins, everyone thought initially that he was going to be, like, a decent star. He's not. And we, we've accepted that and we're okay with that. Yeah, that's not His role is going to be as the third option on a really good he's, team. He's Harrison Barnes. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's you that, said. Sorry, I just stole that from you. No, you've I, said that. Um, but and the comp is really there. So the thing is, like, go he, back to the summer. He's Rudy Gay without the defense. Yeah, go back. Go back to the the summer. The Warriors knew Kevin Durant was leaving, right? Yeah. They knew that the Timberwolves wanted D'Lo. They knew that if the Nets signed Kevin Durant, that they were gonna just they were gonna let him walk, uh, let D'Lo walk, and he would have signed with the Timberwolves. So. The Warriors what are, like, what a right, game fine. of chess the Warriors played. Yeah, there. it's like, fine, we'll, we'll rather get something for nothing because they knew Klay Thompson was going to be out. But obviously, like, anybody in the NBA, like, knew that... The, the Warriors denied it at first that they weren't trying to make trades, but there's no way you can you can survive on a nucleus of Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and Klay Thompson as your, as your three best players because D'Lo and Steph, defense isn't all the way there. Obviously, we know Klay's a lockdown defender, yeah. but he's coming back well, from injury. D'Lo's a liability and it's and it's it's three guys under six five in a league that's become dominated by wing play yeah right it's if if you're six eight six nine you can handle the ball like wow that's next level um but because they get this andrew wiggins trade i like it because it's like if it was straight across i think there's it like i think it's an even trade like i wouldn't say either team wins it or loses it because the warriors get a better fit in their offense I mean, Andrew Wiggins can learn to play defense. Like, he can learn to be decent. And he's going to be going well, to... Well, a lot of defense is a hustle. Yeah. You know? And and going to a team that has a Draymond Green would be the perfect person to mentor and inspire Andrew Wiggins to maybe pick up the pace a little bit. But I think you said you said that the, um, the, the 
Warriors were getting desperate to move him, but I think it's actually the opposite that the Timberwolves were desperate. Oh, I think both teams. I think this was a this was a trade of desperation on both sides. They I, both wanted to make a deal because uh, I thought that the Warriors were going to wait. I thought they were going to wait till the off season when you when you've got his full body of work ready and you've got all these picks settled. You mm-hmm. know what the picks are. Yeah. You know you're not you're not playing you're not playing against the lottery in that sense. So that's that's the only thing that leads me to think that the Warriors were maybe not desperate is not a good word, but a little impatient but i think if you look at like not only his usage rate this season but also last season d'angelo russell's had the ball a lot oh yeah and there's room for concern like whoa you're putting up i mean 22 3 and 6 is good but for the amount of time that he's had the ball and the fact is he's the guy like and obviously you know they're playing against some teams that where they can basically dedicate themselves to shutting d'angelo russell down but you've had this amount of usage rate like Maybe D'Angelo Russell's not as good of a player as we thought. Well, especially like he's, in that system. He was set in a he he had a good fit in Brooklyn. Dinwiddie's coming off the bench, like just a lot of young pieces all together. Yeah. And he's young too. Don't get me wrong. He's twenty three, I think. So they're both extremely young guys. Like they haven't even gotten into their primes yet. But D'Angelo Russell right now, like I think everyone's talking him up to be like a, a top twenty five player. He's probably closer to like top forty 50. or top fifty. Yeah. So and to get the 2021 first round pick, like, I don't think this is going to work. But, oh, yeah, let me get back to, I totally lost my train of thought. Carl um, Anthony Towns, after they sent away Robert Covington, like, Carl Anthony Towns, there were rumors out there that he was, like, he was pissed. Because him and Robert Covington were really good friends. Yeah. The team hadn't won a game in all of 2020. I think they were scared to lose him. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's why they made this move. They're like, he loves okay, fine. We'll get, we'll get your best friend on the team. Mm-hmm. Just don't leave us. Like, don't, you know, because... There was legitimate concerns that like Carl Anthony Towns would pull like an Anthony Davis and quit and just say, "No, I'm sitting out. Just you got to mm-hmm. trade me." So, because now he's stoked. The Warriors, if they had kept D'Angelo Russell, I think they could have made a move in the offseason. But that 2021 first round pick, like I don't, the system in in Minnesota isn't built to succeed. No. So I definitely think that they're going to get worse before they're going to get better. And I said since the beginning, Carl Anthony Towns should not be there. We actually talked about it. I'm trying to think. I think we talked about it with John Remington on the NBA preview podcast, and he basically mentioned that um, he likes the reason why Carl Anthony Towns doesn't want to leave is because he likes being able to go go to work, put up his twenty five twelve, lose games and leave. But there's no there's no like nobody pushing him. Like no, there's, there's no, no there's desire no to win. Either. from the media, they're in a small market. They don't have to win, but he's putting up big numbers, and, it's and like, people oh, and people all respect him because of the numbers he puts. Yeah, up. exactly. Despite but the I fact think, that his team, I think this year, but that's the criticism that Wiggins always gets is that his team doesn't win. I don't, but it's like the same thing. Like, yes, he gets criticized, but also, like, does he really? Like, to what extent? Who's you know somebody on Twitter may be like, oh man, Andrew Wiggins not good, well, but, but we're, you're not going to turn on Sports Center. And or first take, and we're not going to be like, all right. So Andrew Wiggins, what's the deal, right? Like he just, both of them don't get that attention. No, they don't talk about him much. But when when this trade came around, I did hear a lot of people saying, well, he's putting up decent numbers, but look at the team he's on, et cetera, et cetera. But like nobody, like you're saying, nobody says that about Cat. Yeah. And the only reason they're saying about Delo is because he's getting traded. And now they want to, you know, mm-hmm. make the trade not look as good for Golden State. Also, Timberwolves or the Warriors get under the luxury t- or repeater tax. Because oh, wow. they send D'Angelo Russell, so that's another just like a little bonus. Um, so that way they can build their opera. House. As far as gra- yeah, exactly. So as far as grades we'll go, call back, Joey. Uh, yeah, what do nice. you, what do you, what are you giving? Oh, Warrior- I'm giving a B plus to the Warriors and a C plus to the 
Timberwolves. Just the Timberwolves. Nah, I'll give them. I'll give them a B minus. They get a B minus because they're because it was an effort to keep Cat, and I think that is enough to push into a B minus because I don't think it's a disgusting deal for them. If, yeah. they, if they can turn their team successful and make that pick a number fifteen pick, mm-hmm. this is fine. If they can do what they think, and I think D'Lo is a good player in the Timberwolves system. Honestly, it's, he's going to get the volume that he needs. Um, but for the Warriors, this makes more sense. I mean, I would have if I'm a Warriors fan, I'd rather get somebody a little cheaper than Wiggins, but. It is what it is. I mean, D'Lo's expensive too, so to make the numbers work, it's kind of got to be like that. Yeah. The So for the Warriors, I'm going to say like an A-. minus. I don't think this is the best possible return you could have gotten on D'Angelo Russell, but you get a guy who fits better in your system, mm-hmm. a guy who's still young, can develop. You get what's probably going to be a really solid pick uh, that's, in, that's, the, in that's the 2021 what's, draft. That's what's hinging this trade Yeah, is what happens with that pick. And, um, and you, get a, yeah, you get a luxury tax, but you have to give up. Obviously, Amari Spellman's decent like he's a good shooter off the bench and d'angelo russell is it we'll see we'll like we'll see what happens there but the next trade um that like we'll transition into it a little bit because i think um the the d'angelo russell trade works because they of the trade they made with the other three teams with the hawks rockets and and nuggets this trade i really like for uh for the Timberwolves. So let's see. Let's this so this is, is the crazy. big one. Right. Huge one. This was fant- like this John, was- I figured out how we're gonna do this trade. Um we're gonna all we're gonna take multiple personas as if we're the different teams, and we're gonna say what we're trading. All right? Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't. Hi, I'm Minnesota. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't think I have that many voices to do that. Um I'll this just, is a wild I'll just trade. read them. I'll just read them. Uh so Houston Rockets get Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, Atlanta Hawks get Clint Capella and Nene who they bought out Nene. Uh, the Timberwolves get Malik Beasley, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt, first-round pick from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and that's it. And the Nuggets get Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, Keita Bates-Diop, Shabazz Napier, and a first-round pick from the Rockets. So this was a big one, obviously. So let's start just from the top here. The Rockets, they get another three-point shooter and wing defender, but and, and, and they get a guy who they actually traded, Jordan Bell. They traded him a little later, I think. Um, but now they don't have anyone to play center. Like they they ran PJ Tucker at, at center minutes for a little bit, and I think their first game out he held uh, Anthony Davis to three of ten shooting, uh, so it did decently well. But who else is going to guard a center besides um, besides PJ Tucker? And Anthony Davis went off for thirty five points. The Rockets actually won that game weirdly enough. Yeah, but yeah, it was we. I mean, PJ Tucker six five. Yeah, it's but later on in the season, like PJ Tucker cannot play thirty five <laughs> minutes, forty minutes consistently. Like some of these big stars, like Jokic can go for forty, Davis can go for forty. Um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, Cat can go for forty. You know, just other guys like that. There's only so long because I can imagine being six inches shorter than the guy you're guarding. You have to work a lot harder than he does. So it's it's just got to take a toll on PJ Tucker because he's not a young guy anymore. No, in general, and he's like he's he's not he's a he's a stretch four. Yeah, he's a shooting power forward at six even, five. Even that, like, like he, like he, I said, stretch like, forward. Realistically, like he's a he's a small forward. He's a big. He's a he's a thick small forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I feel like the Rockets got a little too caught up in in giving like wanting a wing, another wing shooter, three and D guy desperately that they kind of lost sight of. Covington's great though, like. A good asset to have. Yeah, but like for the for what they gave up, like they gave up a rim Capella protecting center, a, first. a legit r- roll pick and roller, like one of the best pick and roll guys in the league in Clint Capella, um, and 
you know, really, and they gave away Nene too. Just well, for, especially just for when the Rockets have already lost a bunch of their picks to the Thunder. Yeah, they're they're really slim on picks now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Hawks, the they're Hawks, going out there and winning this trade. I think mm, they're getting. The I think they're. I think they're second. I think they're second in this trade. Really? Only because Clint Capella, like I know, I just talked him up before, but like he's playing a dying position. Like it's true. he can't develop a three point shot. Or he hasn't. But they they need a board getter, but with Alex Len. But they also have John Collins who can do that too. So here's yeah. here's the thing: this trade, but is, their defense is bad. This, Atlanta's like number twenty eight oh, ranked defense. Hundred percent. They're this trade hinges on John Collins' development of a three point shot because if he can prove to be a solid four, and he can actually shoot the three, because I think he's shooting thirty two percent or nice something this season. But he'll shoot really well. He can rebound the ball, and you get Clint Capella inside and. Well, yeah, and then their perimeter, you got DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter. Yeah. Like, they're Trey, young. Trey Young is... Trey Young... James Harden may be the best pick-and-roll guy in the NBA. Trey Young's probably in the top 10. Like, he's probably 8 or 9, I would yeah. say. So, it's not a bad move there. Um, yeah, you got James and Harden. I, and I yeah. think they had... I don't know. I would have liked to see them get a, maybe more of a veteran guy. Like, Clint Capella is still... I think he's like 26. Like, he's still very young. But he does fit with their timeline, it's a very, a very team-friendly contract but they have so many young guys like they're like if you look at their roster their top eight guys are i think all under the age of 25 and four of them are like 20 19 20 years old the question is why did they make this move now when they could have waited till it's off season and splashed similar cap space on drummond oh you know well see so the thing with drummond is like clint capella is very athletic center i actually like that because i know there were rumors and especially we'll get to it we'll get to the Drummond trade later. Yeah. Like the Cavs gave up nothing, but Drummond is on the back end, you know? Like he's a rebounder. At least, he's one of the best rebounders least, of all time. At least Clint Capella is yeah, but he's the best rebounder in a time where rebounding is for up for grabs. Like yeah. it doesn't like now that we shoot threes, being a physical rebounder, yeah, like, it's like okay. balls are probably gonna go over <laughs> your head. Like it's it's pretty unnecessary. Um but Clint Capella is more uh, athletic. He can move a lot better. Andre Drummond got cooked a couple times this year on defense, and yeah. I was like, I, I was worried that that same thing, like they're uh, signing him or trading for him to shore up their defense, and it's actually going to well, be. He's the only traditional negative. big man on this team. Who? Capella. He's oh, the only on. traditional big man on the Hawks. You think about it. Well, Alex like, Len. Alex Len's traditional, but he's so young. Like uh, he's the only one that's going to be on the floor often. Alex Len doesn't get enough minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, to be that. Well, impactful. and they. Well, oh no, I guess they bought out Nene. I was going to say he would be too. Yeah, they bought but, out. But yeah, so. But the thing is, I'd rather develop Len. You don't, you don't need a traditional center anymore. Like you're, you don't, you're need saying, one. yeah, like, like. But he fits well in their timeline, in their system. I don't think he's a. I don't think it's a perfect move, but it's. A, I think I. I like that they went up and did what they were serious about. For what for what they gave up, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like I think it's. I think it's a good move for them. And the Timberwolves are getting. The Timberwolves are getting Malik Hooker, Malik Beasley. Malik Hooker. Yeah, sorry, got Colts on the brain. Um, Juan Hernan Gomez, two guys from the I Nuggets. I love Juan Hernan Gomez. That, well, Malik Beasley. Oh, Malik Beasley is, is solid. Is very great like, role player. Hernan Gomez. I feel like everyone's been talking about him as a development guy for so long. He's like old. I'm getting to the. Well, he's only he's like 25. 20, yeah, that's why he's thinking. I'm not. I don't like, think old, old. He's only like. He's getting to the point for me where it's like Beasley's right. twenty three. It's like all right, buddy. Well, Beasley, I'll get to him in a second. But mm-hmm. Hernan Gomez is like, all right, you keep talking about what he could be, but we're not seeing <laughs> yeah. it yet. Granted, he's caught in a backcourt with uh, Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic, Jokic, and who is the guy that signed with the Spurs? Um, Bert, no, no, um, 
No, I know who you're Trey, talking about. Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles. Trey yeah. Lyles. Uh, so he was caught behind that that backcourt. So obviously going to the Timberwolves will free stuff free stuff up a little more for him. Uh, he'll be able to play with Cat, which should take a lot of pressure off him. Um, but Malik Beasley, he was like, he was, I think he was a, the ninth guy for the Nuggets. But he had a couple flashes, like when guys would get injured, like he would just get hot and he could he can score. Like he can put the ball in the basket. Um, the one problem with Malik Beasley is he's going to be a free agent. Free yeah, but but and he turned down a three-year, thirty million dollar offer. So but he's going to be expensive. The but the Timberwolves have that space. They I think do. they've got the space to give him the money. Like what? Like what are you going to give him? At, at worst, like four years, fifty million. Yeah, that's not a bad. That's not a bad deal. That's a very team-friendly contract. And on top of that, very tradable piece. If let if you know if they're trying to rebuild or make a run or whatever they're doing next next year, you know, twelve and a half million years, pretty solid. Um, also, Jared Vanderbilt. I haven't actually seen him play, but on Twitter, everyone kept talking about him. So, like, I'm not gonna say whether he's gonna be good or bad because I don't actually like. He hasn't gotten enough quality no. minutes, but like, everyone like my first instinct was like, wow, Juan Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley, great move. And everybody's like, man, this Jared Vanderbilt guy. I'm excited for him to get minutes. I <laughs> You're was like, like, what? I didn't know he was in the NBA. Um, also, Evan Turner. I think he's a buyout candidate. Um, so he'll look to maybe move this, to a contender. Does this open up space for like? Is this a goal? Is part of the goal of this trade to open up space for MPJ? Do you think this is just something that came to my head? I haven't heard anything about this. Well, he was already above them on the depth on the depth chart. Like, but they were taking some of his minutes still. Well, yeah, but the thing that yeah, I guess we're getting to the Nuggets now. The thing that doesn't make sense is you've got. I mean, I understand. Like, a hundred percent get. I think I've heard that the Nuggets were going after Drew Holiday. That's what I heard. Like, I understand that they're like, yeah, I did hear rumors about that too. That they, those two, these two guys are going to be due contract extensions coming up fairly soon. Mm -hmm. So obviously you have to move them. But why sign four, was it four guys? Four guys that are probably very similar to them in age, but, or similar to them in skill, but like six years older than them. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like you'd think, oh, we need a valuable veteran presence. What is Shabazz Napier or gerald green gonna do from you from a veteran standpoint yeah. like what big games like gerald green's been in like what did he play 15 minutes for the rockets in their playoff runs like i feel like they could have done better yeah like it, it seemed like they just wanted to be in on like the biggest trade since 2000 <laughs> you know like they just wanted they didn't want to miss out on history they they really gave up too much i think they you think did. the nuggets gave it too much yeah for what they got they did back, get a first from the rockets from which the rockets. is basically like a late a second, second or early, early second. second so like, but I don't think Denver thought they could re-sign Malik Beasley. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I I don't think they could have either. But and Shabazz Napier is a piece on the bench. What is he average? 10, 10 5? Yeah, but who is he gonna like? Who is he gonna take minutes from? Like where where does yeah not where Jamal do, Murray Mar- where do any of those four guys uh, Morris, fit in their PJ Dozier? Yeah, where do they where do any of those guys fit in the in the rotation? It doesn't like they just they're gonna buy out. I think Gerald somebody one of them, maybe it might have been Kate Bates, um, but. I don't. Know. I think they could have done better. I think they could have moved, done a one one on one with a team that's maybe rebuilding. Like for example, uh, the Hornets, because they bought out Marvin Williams. How about trade uh, Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, get uh, Marvin Williams in a first round pick. Like you get a veteran guy who's like he's played solid minutes. He can still produce, and you get you get your backup for for Paul Millsap when he needs it, and you also get like. Probably maybe a lottery. Well, no, because the Hornets are playing well, but that's still a better pick than the Rockets. And you you're not taking up four guys that won't get minutes. Like if if you're thinking about where they need people, 
it's probably going to be in in that in the back court or in the front court. And then the other part of this trade, just a little wrinkle, was didn't the Rockets get Jordan Bell, but then flip him yes. to the Grizzlies? Yeah, they traded him for who? Uh, oh, Bruno, Bruno Caboclo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little weird. Why would they do that? Uh, Jordan Bell seemed like a good, like he, a good. He was fit. out. Of, he was out of the rotation in Atlanta, so he wasn't even playing. I like Jordan. So he was Bell, kind of though. just a throw. Yeah, but he could have been the product of the Warrior system. Like I, I haven't seen. I'm not going to be like <laughs> a Zaza Pachulia type beat. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but so, well, okay. I liked him in college, so I mean, I'm just being biased. From but. okay, so grades Rockets. I'm going to give him like a. B minus because they got a good they got a solid three and D yeah, guy. Yeah, I agree. I give them B minus. But you know they they really need like they really need a center. The Hawks B plus. Yeah, B plus. I would agree. Uh, because they get yeah this is a solid piece for what for what they gave up. Timberwolves. I'm a giving minus. them an A. I'm giving them the A straight up because they got a lot of young pieces and you gave up Robert Covington, but I don't know. It's it's mm, you know maybe B plus. It's, it's weird maybe though because I've been seeing them getting graded the worst. Well, and I don't get but it. it's like. Because I think the reason why they get graded the worst is because they made this D'Lo trade right after. Because like this trade, the, this Timberwolves trade signifies, hey, we're rebuilding. We're going to take it next year. And then D'Lo. And then D'Lo is like, win now. The Nuggets, however, I'm giving them C. A, a D. I'm giving them a D. C minus. They got, they got worse. Like they legitimately got worse. Because if, <laughs> like if Millsap goes down from injury or like Monty Morris or, you know, Gary Harris, guys that they're going to need minutes from, I would trust Malik Beasley and Hernan Gomez a lot more than any of these four Gerald guys. Gerald Green and Shabazz Napier. Yeah, so finally. there's that one. Let's let's keep it moving. That's a wild trade. Um, this one, great, great trade by the Heat. Uh, the Heat received Andre Godala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. I love Jay Crowder. The Memphis Grizzlies get Justice Winslow, Gorju Zhang, and Deion Waiters, and the Timberwolves get James Johnson. So that weird, the Grizz, Grizzlies and Timberwolves, like, they just gave up Dang for uh, or Zhang for James Johnson. That one, I mean, we can. It's whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. So we'll just ignore those two. Like, I'd give them a C just because it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But the Miami Heat got a guy. Okay, everyone's talking about Andre Iguodala. Like yeah, you just said say. it. Like he's like everyone's like, oh, Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder is like the younger version. Oh, I'd of rather Andre have Iguodala. Jay Crowder than Andre Iguodala. That gets me more excited for the Heat. Uh, and I think that and well, but the combo of the two of them yeah, is really that's, nice. That's great. Yeah, because what are, what are you realistically going to get from Iggy? Like maybe twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Yeah, he's 30, good defense. He's thirty six. Hasn't played in six eight months. Um, but they and then the Grizzlies get a guy who's solid in Justice Winslow. I, Justice Winslow's a home. He run. was out of the he was out of the rotation, um, in the Miami Heat, but he still got a lot of room to grow. So I really like that trade. And Deion Waiters was just like they're this is a punch. trade. They're this is a trade where contract. I'm like, sorry, I'm gonna grade it real. I'm gonna grade it first and then talk about okay. it. Okay. Um, the Heat get for me an A minus. Okay. It's a really good trade. Yeah. And um, on the the Grizzlies on the other hand, B plus. It's a good trade yeah. both ways because because yeah. Iguodala didn't want to be there. Um, and then oh, and sorry, and the Timberwolves. Um, I mean. James Johnson, like, I don't know where to grade that. Yeah, B, no, I was, just, I was just saying, like, it hit the Gorju Zhang and James yeah, Johnson. That's just, just like, like a, it doesn't matter. It's just like a numbers thing, right? Yeah, it, yeah. So, anyway, um, I think Iggy didn't want to be there. They didn't want him there in, in Memphis. And so they were basically like, whatever we can get for him is profit, you know, because mm-hmm. he's currently sitting at a net zero. Yeah. And so they were able to get Justice Winslow, who I really, I mean, even if he doesn't come back to full health next season, um, 
the the value that they're getting for him and the chance like they're just taking a gamble here on nothing basically yeah. i do think it's a solid win like if we're saying who won the heat definitely won that yes, trade because Iguodala wants to play there yeah exactly so they and the grizzlies but the grizzlies get a lot of credit for turning a guy who wasn't on their team into justice winslow yeah um, well and but justice winslow wasn't a great fit already either yeah, well, no, that's what I was saying. Hero, he, was, he was out of the rotation. Bam, like none. Did, everyone that was playing was like, yeah, you know, was was just doing better than him, and they were already a deep team. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd say similar. Probably for the Heat, it's like yeah, an A minus, but the Grizzlies maybe like a B minus, just because yeah, they won it, but also like they were in an impossible situation. Like they did a good job, but the return they got out of the what, return what, is it could have been worse. It's not like yeah, and no, we can't treat it like no, the same. No. I was when I grade them in this scenario, I grade them on a different scale. Yeah. It's based on what you what you had and what you made, what you yeah. did with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so next trade here, Andre Drummond got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for John Henson, Brandon Knight and a second round pick. Um the thing that got me really excited was I was watching the trade deadline show as it was happening and um brian windhorse the first thing that he said when they announced this trade was this is good news for the celtics because tristan thompson is now slotted as the backup center and at first there was so tristan thompson was adamant like no we don't want to buy out we're not gonna like we're gonna play out the contract but now that he's become the back the backup center he could want to make a move there's a lot of ways yeah if the and if the calves if the calves buy him out he could go to the celtics on the minimum Mm -hmm. that gives us a veteran solid center presence i mean look anybody who's on the veteran center market right now is there's there's been a couple of moves with veterans it's centers. like but it's like well the nay is also available that's what i'm saying but yeah. the the celtics the clippers those are two teams that i mean could really let use me, a guy google um so solid for them it was great for the pistons as well getting the contract off the books because there's no way in the world that Andre Drummond declines the player option because he needs like he needs that money because there's no other team in the NBA that's going to pay him over 20 million and it's not it's not a knock on I mean it's not a knock on him because he's a fantastic player but the market now if you can't shoot threes if you can't space the floor as well as rebound and defense is a question mark like you're not going to get that sort of money um but the Pistons I mean I think I don't think it's a great trade for the Pistons though but it's I think it's great in the sense of that it allows them to to just tank. Given their situation, it's fine. Yeah. But if you're looking at it like if I'm what I said about the last trade, if I'm not doing that, if I'm grading everybody on the same scale, yeah, it's terrible trade. Yeah, I I think they get a bump because um because it does allow them to tank because Canard is hurt still. He may not be back till after the All Star break uh, or even later. Uh, Blake Griffin's out for the year. They're only Reggie Jackson is in talks of buyout, so they're only solid player on the team is Derrick Rose that's left, you know, and there's a chance maybe he gets bought out too. So if I'm the Pistons, you just got to retool. Um, Andre Drummond, like it's, I think it's just indicative of the value that people, that teams in the league place on Andre Drummond. Like he's not a commodity anymore. Like he's, weird. he doesn't, he's not, I mean, it's just the transition that he's made. Like if he's not going to want to shoot the three and especially if he's lax on defense, like Capella is younger, athletic, can move. Um, Andre Drummond is like, well, Capella's a building Solid. block big. He's the kind of guy you want to build with. Yeah. I mean, the only knock on him is, like, not being able to shoot threes. But, like, Andre Drummond, there's a lot of question marks. And he's, what is he, 29 or something like that? So he's a bit older, I think. I have to look. But um, the Cavaliers, for the value, I mean, what is it? It's not really going to do them much. Maybe they move him next deadline or something like that. Probably, like, a C plus. 
just and and for the Pistons probably like a C plus as well. Like this yeah. trade is it's not gonna affect either team. Like it may bump up the Cavaliers in um in the lottery a little bit and like maybe give them worse odds and it may help the Pistons in the lottery. But other than that, nothing nothing really crazy. Um, a couple more trades here. We'll just kind of roll through them quick because there's just not a lot more. Oh, Alex Len got traded. What? Yeah, he got traded to the Kings. What? Yeah. How did I miss uh, that? We'll get wait. We'll get to that one in a second, real fast. 76ers require shooting from the Warriors. Uh, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson mm-hmm. for was a good it? trade for the three Warriors. second round picks. I don't know. Well, the rumors. I was talking to Michael Daly about this. He said that apparently the Warriors. Um, there's a good chance the Warriors re-sign Burks and Robinson after this year. That would so be they a- just get them back. So you basically sent three second round picks. I don't think the well, yes, the Sixers' problem is shooting, but the fact that you've got two ball dominant guys who like live in who should live in the post or live posting up and driving to the basket, that's your biggest problem. Yep. But obviously Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson, solid shooters for him. Um probably for the Sixers, just because they gave it three seconds, like that's a B B plus. Yeah. I'd say because it it's pieces you know it's pieces to se- seventh eighth guys in the rotation that can can hit buckets when they need to and for the Warriors probably if the Warrior if the rumors are true that they can get them back this is probably like an A plus trade oh, for the Warriors that's what I'm saying I think it's a great so trade. tentative A plus if they don't get them back it's probably like a B yeah B- it's minus. still a decent trade it's it's okay um yeah the Hawks so the Hawks got Dwayne Dedman. For the twenty and twenty and twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one first second round picks oh, for the yes, Kings from Jabari trade. Parker and Alex Len, uh, Jabari Parker. I'm hoping this is probably his fifth team in the last four years. I'm hoping he can make it work because I really like him. I think he's got potential, but he's the same line of Juan Hernan Gomez. Like if it doesn't happen at a certain point, well, he's you know, he's a potential means Andrew you Wiggins. just haven't done it yet. So, who, Jabari Parker? Like a big knockoff. It's the oh. same storyline. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. But his fall off is like, oh, his Wiggins, Wiggins, oh, yeah, yeah. Wiggins, points, Wiggins like, But they both have the same, like, hopes coming into the league. Yeah, they were, were big on Jabari people, Parker. Yeah, people put them at the same level, but Jabari Parker's fall off has been big. How old is Jabari? He's probably 25. I, I would say. Guess. I think they're about the Let same age. Yeah, I think they came into the league similar times. But yeah, his fall off was crazy. Like, I was I was wanting the Celtics to get after him, but then everyone's talking like, "Whoa, this guy's actually not that good," um, which <laughs> wow. is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, he's 24, so he's got a lot of a lot more time still um, on his in his NBA career. And Alex Lund, obviously a solid center, but this trade it's like it's another one of those that's like cool. Um, Deadman Deadman's a solid piece, like having both of them, but you I don't know. I'd probably I'd probably give the Hawks like a C plus and the Kings. A B because they're banking on Jabari Parker. Well, and I Alex like Alex Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a solid like he's a very solid traditional center. Um, but yeah, so there's that one. Uh, okay, then there's just a few small ones left that we'll just get through. Um, that Rockets and Grizzlies trade, so they swap second rounders and Bruno yeah. Cabacolo. I think that one was an L for the Rockets. Jordan Bell, yeah. Even even though like you want to take a chance on a guy like that, like yeah, they because I think this guy's a point guard. If Bruno? I'm not mistaken, yeah. Oh no, he's a four. Oh, six nine. Okay, so similar height to Jordan Bell. I guess it's not terrible, but maybe. I mean, I haven't seen him play, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yeah, front and know. be like, oh, I, I know, like you know, I've but swapping seconds. I watched is, every uh, minute. That's a, that's a. There's a difference there. Maybe there's a chance that he, he is a solid defender. Um. 
But I don't know. Weird trade. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'm probably just going to give them both a C. Like I'm just going to average it out until we see what how they develop on their teams. Because it's just like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Anything. Oh, yes. The one, the last big one. We're going to finish with this one. Then we'll call it good. Um, Marcus Morris to the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Fantastic trade. So the Clippers got Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas they are releasing. Yep. Uh, the Wizards get Jerome Robinson and the Knicks get Mo Harkless. Clippers 2020 first round pick and a 2023 second round pick from Detroit and then a point guard who's over in Europe a draft and stash that they have the rights to now. This is a great trade for LA. The Clippers it gives them yet another guy like Marcus Morris. He, he fits so well into their system. Marcus Morris like it's they the Clippers embody like the whole movement of like just a collection of forwards that all of them are good at doing different things and they got with this trade another forward who's good at doing a lot of different things like he's He's the definition of like a gritty three and D guy. Yep. Um, former Celtic. He he's uh, matched up against LeBron. He can do it in the playoffs. He's done it before. Um, he was the guy. It was him and Horford that were stopping uh, yep. Giannis in the playoffs. So it's like I mean, he's the guy you want to make a playoff run. Yeah, he's he's, he's the guy you want that's going to be quiet and put up what you need. Well, not nece- not necessarily quiet. Not not him be quiet, but his <laughs> yeah. numbers aren't going to jump off the page. To yeah, they're you, not. But gonna, he's going to have a huge. They're not going to pop impact. at you. He'll go. He'll go sixteen and eight and shut down their best their best player. Yep. But now that's the crazy thing. You're playing the Clippers, and it's like let's say you've got your two stars. Ima- <laughs> well, it's like Kawhi, that. Remember that meme before the season Paul started? George. All right, you're you're LeBron. You cross up Kawhi. Now yeah. Pat Beverly's on you. He's mm. really annoying you in the corner, but you finally get past him. You go to put a shot up over. Um, uh, what's uh, uh, the center? Um, Montrez Harrell. And nope. And then who's the last one that they were running Paul with? George. Oh, yeah. And then Paul, Paul George blocks the, sends it back at you. Like, yeah. It's and insane. Now you just throw Marcus Morrison that piece. Like, this oh, is my incredible. Goodness. Giving up Mo Harkless, Jerome Robinson, like solid pieces, but guys that aren't. I mean, Marcus Morris is a solid upgrade. Well, it basically over it, it, both it's of the equivalent guys. of making a fantasy trade in which you make a two for one. It's depth for it's depth for talent, you know. But but the thing is, uh, that first round pick, not the biggest fan of them giving up the first round pick. Like I understand That's they had lot. to do it to get it done. But remember, with the Paul George trade, they gave up like all of their other firsts. Like they don't have a they like yeah they are put, out of these. Firsts. These are their last trade chips that they basically put in. Like what now, are they gonna do now? Now they're done. Sell. Just, what do, what do you mean? Like die? <laughs> I just we'll just hope it works. Hope it wins yeah. a championship because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both had player options twenty twenty one after the eye. end of next season. <laughs> so if things don't work and they don't get to at least the Western Conference Finals this year, if I'm Paul George and Kawhi, it's like, hmm, do we pack it up and go somewhere else? Uh, so for the Clippers, it's an A. Uh, they may have given up a little too much, but it's it's a similar situation with like LeBron and Anthony Davis. Whereas like LeBron's giving 110% because he knows if he doesn't prove that LA is a fun place and the Lakers are a fun place, the AD will leave. Yeah. So this is what the Clippers are doing. They're proving to Kawhi and Paul George that, hey, this is where you want to be. Like You'll enjoy it here. We can win games, and we're going to play a lot of defense. Yeah. That being said, they did end up getting cooked by the Timberwolves. Uh, Timberwolves dropped 152 on them last night or something like that, and that gave them their first win of 2020 <laughs> without D'Lo. D'Lo did not play. Yeah, I know. Um, the young so, guys did it. Yeah. So, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, yeah, a lot Not to cover. Not the craziest trade deadline ever. It's it's better than what we've seen, yes. I think. Especially with the, that four, if the four-team trade doesn't happen, it's probably like less exciting. Yeah, that, but, those are always fun. Yeah, so that was that was a good one. Uh, yeah, next week, I don't even know what's going to happen next week. Something's going to happen. We're going to talk Something's sports. Something's going to happen. I don't know. It could be Hayden. It could be somebody else. 
Um, uh, and then uh, let's looking ahead. Uh, we got some great things coming up in the coming months. We got once again, almost say it again. March Madness March is Madness. coming up. That's right. And then the NFL draft. The NFL so, draft. It's going to be a good little stretch here. There's going to be there. There may be there may not be a ton to talk about uh, over the end of February. These next, but once March three hits, weeks, yeah, March. Hits. Once we get to the conference tournaments for for college basketball mm-hmm. and the combine comes around and things start to settle into place a little bit. Spring training gets rolling. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're a baseball podcast. We're not a baseball podcast, but so. at least it's something to watch. I had a couple. <laughs> I had a couple like baseball things, like baseball interviews didn't go over too well well i so. just baseball is so deep yeah there's like just, i understand how baseball works complex, and i know the surface level to it yeah but i can't like in the nfl it, it's i don't know why but it's easier to name a team's backup left guard than a team's third string relief pitcher you know yeah it's just like yeah, there's cool. so many names that's no, true all right well thanks you guys for listening and we'll see you next week